Good morning, everybody. You know, I want to start by saying I was I wasn't involved in this situation, but obviously I got tied into a situation that uh included someone that was uh, you know accused of domestic violence and uh I'll get more into detail about the whole thing, but I want to let you guys know that I would never uh back anyone that has anything to do with domestic violence uh in the sense of, you know, him being wrongly or rightly accused or whatever. Um, I would never affiliate or associate knowingly, you know, with the details of everything. And, you know, we all saw how a situation kind of played out on social media and it looked as if, oh, Croc, you back someone that has done these bad things that I didn't really know the details about. So we'll get more into that. But, um, you know, I know I kind of like the way it looked, it let some people down and they were, you know, disturbed by it. So I'll definitely talk more about that. But, um, you know, 49ers, big win on the road, playoff game against Dallas. The rivalry's back, 23-17. We're going to get into all of that. We also have QB Monday with my guy Greg Pinelli. He's coming on. Man, you already know what it is. Man, it's San Francisco 49ers morning show. It's the morning show, baby. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. Today, man, we're getting into it. All things pertaining to the 49ers road victory over Dallas. I was there. I was live. I was hyped. You know what I'm saying? All that good stuff and more. Obviously, we're going to get into, you know, some of the players, guys that stood out, areas where 49ers might want to improve before they play against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'm excited about that. I don't know if I'm the good luck charm. I went to SoFi Stadium, 49ers won. I'm like, okay. I went to uh, Dallas, the 49ers won. I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm the good luck charm. Maybe I got to go to every game. Do I got to go to Wisconsin? It's going to be cold. I'm not really like a cold type person like that. Man, outdoors cold, Wisconsin. I don't even think they sell clothes where I live. <clears throat> where I live, I don't even think they sell clothes for that type of weather. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's supposed to be cold, cold. I mean, I don't know. Somebody had told me like 10 degrees or something. Negative 12. See, come on, man. Come on. Negative 12 degrees. Ain't no way. That is not crocky type weather. But I'll talk to the wife. See what she's talking about. I've been kind of, you know, going and traveling over the last uh, few weeks. So I know she's going to want me home. But if I'm the good luck charm, I'm going to tell her the people need me, babe. They need me. Let's go. Let's go. Croc take that red eye home. Yeah, man. Um, the game ended. A lot of traffic. I got up out of there. It got to the airport. Strut, strut through. Really the same stuff. This hoodie. This jersey. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I don't really wear a whole lot of 49ers gear on here. So I figured today, man, it'd be the perfect time to remind everybody, man. I'm a, I'm a fan just like y'all, just like everybody I come on here. And, uh, yeah, man, yeah, that was a big one. I'm in the group chat, and in the group chat, there's uh, two 49er fans, two Cowboy fans, a Bills fan, and an Eagles fan. And it it gets intense. I mean, we've had this group chat for years now. And 
this was the first time that the 49ers and Cowboys have played like a meaningful game. There's been the other games. There's the the goddamn Blaine Gabbard start, the CJ Beathard start, the Nick Mullins start. But this was the first time that these two teams, I mean, locked and loaded, big boy versus big boy, ready to go. This was the first time that that matchup happened. So it's been intense. It's been intense. And uh, and our group chat is going up. Just know that. And already it kind of started this morning. Let's see if I can show you that. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see if I can show you. <laughs> this, is, this is what I woke up to. So um, one of my homeboys, Reese, he's a 49er fan. He posted in the group chat. Look, you see somebody right there. Damn, damn, it got spicy in here. Then you see the Debo picture. Good morning, my niggas, with a picture of Debo. So that's 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 what's going on in the group chat <laughs> right here. <laughs> Cowboys, Cowboys team photo, <laughs> butt cheeks. <laughs> so the so the group chat is going up. This, I mean, this is going to be something throughout the offseason. I mean, all the way to next year, all the way to the 49ers and Cowboys play again. You you got bragging rights. So the group chat's going up. Anyways, y'all didn't come here to hear about all that, man. We are going to get into the 49ers game. But first, again, I talked about uh, a domestic violence situation that I got, got roped into, and it spread through, like a wildfire uh, throughout social media. And I felt it was my obligation to kind of talk to the people that really messed with me about it. And I, I kind of put out a statement on Twitter. But ultimately, I spoke with, with, with someone who I, I knew about a year ago that this guy had some domestic violence situation. but like I tell y'all every day, I tell you guys come in, uh, you know, five flames if you're feeling great, anything less than that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I you know, I, I talked to him. I heard his his part. I didn't know any details of whatever happened. I'm not like rope, I'm not tied into 49ers Twitter in that way, like with all like the gossip and stuff. I don't even think I follow those type of people. So I didn't know any details or any pictures or anything like that. I had no idea of any of that. I just knew there was a situation. So you know, I talked to him and he tells me, hey, you know, I was in this situation and, and this is what it was. And I said, all right, well, you know, if that's your truth and, and, and if that's what happened, then you don't need to hide. If you didn't, if you're innocent of everything, then you don't have to hide. If you want to be on social media, like, go do those things. Go do that. And, but you need to tell people, I didn't do this. And this is the situation, and this is how it played out, and all that good stuff. And let everybody know that this is your truth, and you didn't do anything. And that's why the situation played out the way it did with, you know, uh, charges and all that. There's nothing there. That's what I'm told. So that's what that's what I'm going off of, because what he told me. So he comes back to social media, and, you know, he posts a picture. Like, I, like I brought him back, which obviously... I encourage him to get back to speak his truth, but I'm not a gatekeeper on Twitter. Like, I, like these are grown men. You know what I'm saying? So you want to be on social media? Like, I can't tell you, oh, yeah, you're allowed to come back or you're not. And people took it that way. When really I was just telling someone, if if you didn't do what people are saying you did or whatever, then don't hide. And I would say the same thing to any of y'all. If, if you felt like you were wrongly accused of something. Now, I don't know the details. So as things start coming out and people start telling me, oh, Croc, you're you're backing 
this guy, you're you're doing this. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? And then I, you know, I see screenshots, I see pictures, I see all type of things, and I no longer associated with that person. So want everybody to know, man, like I would I would never, never ever know like I have a wife, I have multiple daughters, I have sisters. I would never, never condone any of that. And I don't, I don't, I want to make sure that everybody that fucks with me, and I see somebody says, um, and you're a grown man, you don't owe any excuses to nobody, brody. And my thing is, I just want to make sure, like, because the people that I care about, y'all in here, I want y'all to, you know, I want to make sure that y'all know that, like, who I am. And most y'all know, I mean, a lot of you guys reached out to me through, uh, through Twitter and DMs and stuff and was like, nah, croc, like, you know, I see what's going on. So, you know, just, yeah. But anyways, I know that's why you keep, I know that's why we, uh, we keep our circle small, but I tell y'all who, uh, there's a lot of people in here that I, I don't know. And I tell y'all, if you're going through anything and you need someone to talk to, cause again, I've dealt with, uh, I've dealt with, uh, uh, why, why can't, why am I blanking on what it's called? But mental health stuff, right? Uh, depression, you know, with, with my, with my wife and what she went through. And I knew she needed somebody to talk to. And I opened that door for any of y'all. If any of y'all are going through anything, y'all know, like Croc's going to give me his number. Like Croc's going to talk to me about it. Cause the worst thing is not having someone to talk to and then, you know, doing something to harm yourself. And I wouldn't feel right with myself if I at least try to have a conversation. So I, my circle is extremely small. I have the same friends since fourth grade. Sometimes you guys see them in this chat. All right, my circle, like my homies, I, my my dogs, that are, like my circle is extremely small. But I have a big network of people that I really mess with in a lot of you, in, in the sense of like, I'm there for you if you need me. All right. And uh, I'm always here to talk to, talk to y'all. So, um, that's it, man. I appreciate everybody that's in here right now. Uh, let's get into this game, baby. Let's get into this game. I see the flames coming in. Mike L, let's go. Let's go. So here we go. Road victory. I got my notes here. Road victory, hard to come by. Early in the season, the 49ers won back-to-back -back games and started the season off 2-0. and And I was like, man, 49ers, 2-0. The, the, the wins were a little weird, right? They were a little weird the way the Lions game ended the way the Eagles game started, but they were 2-0. and My main takeaway was, you know, it's hard to win road games. It is. All right? It's hard to win road games. But, all right, they, they won those things. And along the way, the 49ers went through a lot of ups and downs, a lot of ups and downs, uh, just between uh, just a lot of ups and downs. They, two, they were 2-4 and four at one point. Most people wrote them off. I still figured there was a way for them to make the playoffs at two and four, but when they lost to the Cardinals, the way they lost to the Cardinals, that was when I started to kind of lose hope, right? Like, damn, like maybe they're just not good. Maybe they just can't play, right? And like, maybe that's just who this team is. I kind of lost like that. Oh, this is a good team. Obviously they strung off what three straight games and you saw that and you're like, all right, Okay, that, that, okay, but do we have to win like that, right? And the way that the 49ers had to win uh, during that time was, um, you know, 
run the ball 40 times. And I'm like, that's, that's just not an ideal way to have to win. It's not ideal. I mean, that is the ideal way to have to win, but it's not realistic to be able to win like that on a consistent basis. But obviously you start to string together wins and, and you're feeling good. And then you have, uh, you know, another couple of weird games, but down the stretch. And one thing that I told a lot of uh, Cowboy fans heading into the game was 49ers had the best record since week eight in the NFC. This is a team that was playing good football, regardless of the loss to Tennessee, that really should have been a win. And we're going to talk about that game. We're going to talk about that game. All right. But this 49ers team, super battle tested, super battle tested. And they are, they are tough. And that's the thing that most people harped on heading into this Dallas Cowboy game. This is a tough team. This is a physical team. And they really take on that persona. And there's something to be said about that. Uh, my rookie year in the Arena Football League, I played on, on this team and we were good. And two of the guys that I played with were really physical. I was I had a good size, you know, 6'1", 6'2", cornerback, you know, 190 pounds at that time, probably 195. And I had the size, right? But I didn't really have the physicality part. And I played with a couple guys in that secondary that would bring it. I mean, they were just ultra physical. And we got this kind of like thing like, oh, that, that that's the most physical corners in this league. Most physical guys that call us the bad boys. And for somebody like me that wasn't really like that, I took on that. I ended up taking on that persona. You know what I'm saying? I ended up taking on that like, Oh yeah, we are bullies. Oh yeah, like I am like in my physical, my physicality turned up. And I, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm running through people. And you you could take on a persona. So the 49ers, they get this, they got this thing about them, right? In the media, and they say it like the 49ers are they're bullies, right? They're bullies, they're physical, they are an ultra-aggressive team. And you've seen everybody take on that mindset. They have taken on that mindset of being a very aggressive team. That's who they are. So when people say that, just know that the 49 players have bought into that. Obviously, there are physical players on every team, but the 49ers take on the physicality as, like, their identity. Like, that is their identity. Physicality, everybody kind of preaches it, but that's not everybody's identity. That is the 49ers' identity. That's why I'm not worried about them going to Green Bay. All right. Um, I want to start kind of giving a couple of people the flowers. And also, you know, you already know, man, I'm going to bring you guys on live. We're going to do all that good stuff. D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans. He's the first person I want to give flowers to. All season, everybody has criticized the pass defense. And I have been saying all along, it's not as bad as you think. It's not as bad as you think. And everybody, oh, we're, we're playing against these guys. Oh, man, they're going to kill us. They're going to roast us. And every time we played against those teams, whether it's the Vikings with their two terrific receivers, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, Cincinnati Bengals, and, yeah, guys did their thing and whatnot, but did it kill them? Uh, whether it was, you know, the Cowboys. Every, and it was like, and I try to tell people, listen, y'all, like, for, for I get it. It's not as ideal of a, a secondary, you know, as you guys probably would like, but the 49ers will not lose a game because of the secondary. Now, the Colts game, that was, you know, yeah, the pass interferences. But aside from that, more times than not, it wasn't – it uh, that Packers one. It, and it, it, they had the, they threw the rookie out there, Diamondo Lenore. That one I, I can give you. But in the sense of how people view the 49ers and the secondary, I'm like, dude, that, it's, it's not what y'all – it's not what y'all think. Like, the secondary, 
they play good football. The secondary plays good football. And when you watch D'Amico Ryans, and now here's the other thing. Everybody tells me with D'Amico Ryans, oh, he's gotten better as the season progressed. Uh, no, no, he has. He's been good the whole time. D'Amico Ryans has been good the entire time with his schemes, with what he, you know, how he sees fit to call the defense, heading into the game, what the game plan is, uh, the adjustments that he's had to make, the injuries, how to work around that, how to work around a lot of times not having as ideal of a situation at the cornerback position as he would like. There was a lot that he had to maneuver around. And throughout the year, he's done it. And everybody acts like it's just something new. No, it's not new. Midway through the season, 49ers played the Rams. The, the defense dominated. The e Week two against the Eagles, the defense dominated. Like, week, week, week four against the Seattle Seahawks, the 49ers defense came out and got five straight three and outs. Like, he has been good this entire time. He's been excellent. I thought he's been excellent. There are a couple games that I, I know he, like, had back the Cardinals game at home. That was That was a weird one. <laughs> that was that that was and that, that was one where I'm like that wasn't good. And then the uh the the Bears game. The Bears game, I thought he maybe thought that the pass rush would win more than they did. But overall, I've I've liked D'Amico Ryan throughout this entire year, and I've said as much on this show. And everybody continued to be so worried about the secondary, even going into Dallas. And my response was you it doesn't matter who these teams have because regardless, D'Amico Ryans, whatever he's doing, it works week to week. It limits what the other team is doing. I don't know what or how he's doing it, but he's he's done it. He's limited. He's limiting them. And it's been very consistent throughout this entire year. Now, if you think that he's just going to, like, hold another team to 10 passing yards, <laughs> that's not going to be the case, right? But I do think with how he has limited teams from whatever whatever their normal statistics are, they drop way down typically when they play against D'Amico Ryans and his defense. Way down. So shout out to D'Amico Ryans. I wanted to give him his flowers first. Dallas Cowboys for a team that was number one in yards per game, uh, up there in passing yards per game, uh, highest scoring offense, in the league, they had seven points for most of the game. Seven points for most of the game. They had a total of 307 yards, 230 passing yards. Their averages, like, that's way down from their averages. 77 rushing yards. D'Amico Ryan, like, that defense is good. It's a really good defense. It's a really good defense. And shout out him for making adjustments. Are there things where it's like, man, you know, ah, I would rather not have um, Kawan Williams in the slot, you know, inside shade against Amari Cooper with single high safety. You know what I'm saying? You know, ideally that's, you don't, you don't want that. It's not really a good matchup for him, but there's, you know, little plays here and there and the other opposing teams, they get paid too. And I think D'Amico Ryan's consistently has been good throughout this year. So I wanted to give him his flowers. I think he is terrific. I think he's terrific. Uh, Ambry Thomas and Emmanuel Mosley. A lot of people have harped on the cornerback position throughout this year. And it's like, well, you got to go corner high. You got to go corner high. 
we've progressively seen Ambry Thomas improve. I thought his coverage was terrific throughout this game. I thought this coverage was terrific. Mosley and 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 uh Thomas, they played very well. They played very well. I thought they were lights out. Again, is there gonna be a play here and there? There was a missed tackle. There's okay, yeah, sure. But in a sense of City Lamb, City Lamb had one catch on the day that counted. One catch. They they did a terrific job. Ambry Thomas, we continue to see him improve. We continue to see it. We continue to see him taking strides. All right. And obviously, Emmanuel Mosley, he came back. I was weary. I had a high angle sprain. I know how it can linger. And I thought he came back and he was just on, he did his thing. Uh, both of those guys, shout out to Emmanuel Mosley, shout out to Amber Thomas. I thought those guys played really good. And I mean, you just hope, hey, can you guys keep this going? And maybe not to that same extent. You got Devontae Adams come, you know, we got to go to play him next week. And, um, you know, that's that's always kind of, you know, that's Devontae Adams. <laughs> All right. But I, 49ers, man, the corners, terrific job. Y'all have been really hard on them all year. I've come to their defense in, in a sense of saying, like, they're not the reason. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're going to get to what some of the reasons are with some of these close games. But shout out to D'Amico Ryan. Shout out to the defense. Shout out to how he has everybody playing fast and physical. Guys filling gaps. Drake Greenlaw. Prayers up Fred Warner. Let's hope that he's okay, him and uh, uh, Nick Bosa. But the defense, man, like, they fly around. They play hard for their coach. I think he's done a terrific job good job with the secondary matter of fact i talked about them having uh 230 passing yards and i'd say most of that came in garbage time when the 49ers went in the prevent defense imagine being down 23 7 having to throw the ball and you still can't really throw what does that say about the defense what does that say about the secondary that everybody's been so hard on and i believe the 49ers what six six ranked Passing defense in, in, in the NFL? DO, DVOA is lower than that, but I think that they're solid. They're solid. All right, let's go over to the offense. All right. Uh, I, one thing that really jumped out to me, like, right away, and it's been, like, improving, Elijah Mitchell. His his vision. Elijah Mitchell's vision is, is like, I mean, early on, I remember saying it, and I probably said it on here. Like, he will kind of hit the hole, right? It was like he was a one-step guy. It's like, or one-cut guy. It's like, okay, outside zone, put my foot in the ground. You know, he can outrun guys because, you know, he has good speed. But, like, I could tell the vision, not where everybody, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, look at his vision on this. Like, no, that's not vision. Like, that's wrong. Like, open field, I actually thought he made the guy miss. I forget exactly what game it was, but he put his foot in the ground. The guy flew by him. Like, that was good. He made the guy miss. But vision in the sense of, I think he was still trying to find what they wanted him to be as a runner and do things that like how they wanted. So there wasn't the dancing that maybe they had an issue with Trey Sermon doing. It was one cut, get up field now. And sometimes he would run into guys backs. I mean, I saw that consistently where it's like, dang, like if he would have just seen this cutback lane, or if he would have just seen that, like how much better, like, you know, and now I see it. I see it. I, I, I mean, the vision has been terrific. It has improved throughout this year. He understands how to set his blockers up. He runs extremely well. Shout out to Elijah Mitchell. I think he has ran very well. 
his, his vision, he runs hard. He's running through arm tackles. He looks really slippery with the way he does it. He has been, he's been terrific. He's been terrific. Uh, my next note, and I'm about to get you guys on in a few minutes, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is the best football player on the field. Debo Samuel was the best football player on the football field. Best football player. And it was, it's cool to see. I posted this video of him on Twitter and it was just on his touchdown where he put his foot in the ground and outran angles. And I'm like, this motherfucker got it. He got it. The acceleration was crazy. The acceleration was crazy. The speed is crazy. I've been telling people like, man, Debo is fast. People are like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm like, no, he's he's fast. Debo is fast. And I mean, when you see him, how he scored on that, how he uh, cut back, then it just outran two guys to the end zone that had an angle on him. I'm like, dude, it's special. And then you hear afterwards, after the Kawan Williams interception, he told the coach, like, give me the ball. Like, give me the ball. And then Kyle was like, all right, next play, boom, touchdown. Dude is so explosive. And it's really hard. And, um, uh-oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. And make sure you guys also, uh, Frontline channel on YouTube. Marco, can you can you uh, post the link to it so people can follow it? So you guys can get all the cut-ups and everything. We got to build that platform up. But, um, like, Debo, man, like, he's different. He's the best football player on the field. I saw before, and we talked to a lot to Cowboy fans about this game, and they're telling us about all this, that, and the other, and we're like, it, it, like Debo, what are you going to do with Debo? And he didn't have, like, the big passing numbers, but for him to, okay, I got 38, you know, yards receiving, where I got 70-something yards rushing, like, he's a weapon, and he's one of the best weapons in the league. Shout out to Debo, too, because I'm not sure if we talked about him. First team All-Pro. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So shout out to Debo Samuel. I mean, he is a star. And a lot of people are like, oh, man, we could have had DK. And I like DK. Oh, we could have had A.J. Brown. And I like A.J. Brown. But Debo Samuel, he's that guy. He is that guy. So my last thing that I want to touch on before, and I saved this for last, because I, I wanted to kind of get straight into it and then obviously discuss it with the fans. Shout out to everybody that's in here right now. Everybody's in the chat. If you like the show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. But Jimmy Garoppolo. So Jimmy G, I argued. I argued with Cowboy fans because they tell me that Jimmy Garoppolo is trash. Matter of fact, it's not Jim, it's not just uh Cowboy fans. I mean, it's it's everybody, right? And make sure you guys we have the uh Frontline Sports right there. There's a link. Make sure you guys click that link and subscribe to the Frontline Sports Network channel. I really appreciate that. Got to build that platform up. But uh, I argue with those guys because they think he sucks. And I'm like, Jimmy does not suck. And it's been really hard to explain Jimmy Garoppolo. And we could point to certain instances of what he is or what he isn't, right? And people could be like, well, look how he did this. And it's like, yeah. And then people are like, well, look at this. And I'm, you know, it's like, yeah. And it's like, both things are true. And at the end of the day, Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And 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 when I say both things are true, it's there's there's gonna be a lot of the good, 
and and there's going to be some some weird moments. And we've and we've said that, right? We've said that, and I explained that to Cowboy fans. He's he's not sorry because he he makes all these throws that that help you win. Like you don't win, and again, I'm not saying it's everything is because of him, but you don't win as many games as the 49ers win with Jimmy Garoppolo if he's not doing something to contribute to winning football games. There's something about him, right? Like there's this clutch factor in the sense of how he can contribute to winning games. All right. But you also know that more times than not with Jimmy Garoppolo, the weird moments will rear his ugly head. And we have noticed with Jimmy Garoppolo, there is a trend. The 49ers this year have had several several opportunities to really put teams away, really put them away, right? Like, just step on their necks like this game is done. And Jimmy struggles to do that. And it's not something new to this year. It's It's been really a lot of the time with the 49ers. They're playing a lot of tight games. And I'm starting to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I've been trying to figure it out. Like why, you know, why, like, why are the games so tight with him? Right? Like why, why is it so weird? Because he has these moments where he can play very well and he make these tight throws, but for whatever reason, you know, the, the games get a little closer than they have to be. I will say this. And I've said this on here. When it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, like, there's not, there's maybe one or two quarterbacks that I would take over him in the in the last two minutes of a game. You know what I'm saying? There's there's maybe one or two, you know, that I would take over Jimmy Garoppolo uh in, in clutch moments. And I think he does some things where it's really special, right? Like what are the special things? I think, you know, getting the ball out right now, throwing over the middle, like tight window throws, like all those things. He does those things special. Uh, but he also it, I, when when you need that play to like step on someone's neck, a, a lot of times you you don't get that right. And, and what was it in this in this game? Uh, the Mister Ayuk. I know everybody will point to the interception, and obviously like that kind of continued things. And when they got that interception, man, that crowd was rocking. They were quiet. The crowd was white. I was there. I was there live, direct talking. You, you know how I get down. You know what I'm saying? Big crocky. Big crocky, you know what I'm saying? They the crowd started rocking. I'm like, damn, I feel that. But that it it what it didn't start there. It started with it started with the miss to IU. That was the moment, right? 49ers up. I want to say it's 23-7. And it's like, okay, Jimmy, we're, we're looking for you to to step on their neck. Step on their neck, right? And he 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 missed the throw. That that's the step on the neck throw, right? Uh, and if you kind of notice in games when he has that step on their throat moments, you know, the, the Titans game, like that should have been a blowout, right? Like, and, and that's the other side of it. You have this side of it where it's like, well, crap, we still won. And it's like 100%, you are 100% correct. But you also have that, right? The, the, the Titans game where it's like, you know, and, and that's the two sides of it. And he makes these games closer than they have to be to where it's going to come down to that. And obviously it's going to end like the Titans game or in like the Cowboys game or in like the Rams game, right? We've seen several scenarios of it 
working out. But there are these games, he, he has a hard time putting teams away, like really putting them away, stepping on their necks. He has a hard time doing that for whatever reason. I can't tell you why. I don't know why. But I know what I'm seeing. And I think y'all know too, right? The good thing with him, and I told the Cowboy fans this, at the end of the day, when you have Jimmy Garoppolo, you are going to be in position to win. You're going to be in position to win. And I think he, that has been consistent throughout his entire time with the 49ers. You will be in position to win the game. And I think that says a lot about him and really the value of him and what his value will be to somebody else next year. You're going to be in position to win the game. So um, we're going to get to the callers, bring y'all on. Uh, I, I mean, I don't – the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, it's a, it's kind of a it's, – it's a weird dynamic. But I think uh, – I'm not someone that I've grown to know what he is. And I said it, the games just are typically closer than what you would like. And because he has these weird moments. And again, it's not just exclusive. You know, again, I, I talk about the tight, the Titans game it should have been a blow, but I talk about the other games where he's come through and he's won, right? He's come through in games where maybe you should have stepped on team's neck and he didn't, but they won. And you, you see that in the, in the Rams game where things got weird. You, you saw that this game, things got weird, but you win, right? But then there's also like the Super Bowl, right? And, and that's what I mean, where you're up 20 to 10, and it's like, we just need you to step on the Chiefs' neck, like make that throw, make that throw, make that play. And he kind of struggles with that a little bit to, to really put the team away, like put them away. I hope that makes sense. I'm not ragging on Jimmy G. I know people are like, just enjoy the win. You can say just enjoy the win, but I'm just talking about, you know, how – these games are, you know, I was sweating. My hands were sweating. I was, my heart was like damn near burning. I was so like, you know what I'm saying? I, I shouldn't have had to feel that you're up 23-7. You just got to make the play to put this team away. And it's it's hard on him in a situation where you got the best player on the field with Debo Samuel. You got George Kittle. You got Ayuk. He's making plays. You got the best play caller in the league. I don't think it should be that difficult when you're up 23-7. It is the NFL, but this is a very ideal situation. Here we go. I put the uh, link in the chat. If you want to come on live, go ahead. Come on live right now. There was another super chat I missed earlier. It was a $2 one. Please it, it, uh, come back. I, I know I missed it, and I kind of lost track talking. Uh, we got Greg Pinelli coming on in 20 minutes. I want to get y'all on right now. Uh, I can live with Jimmy as long as he's not throwing unforced interceptions like he did yesterday. And I think it's tough because you can say, like, you know, I, I can live with him as long as he doesn't do that, but I just think that that's part of who Jimmy Garoppolo is. You know, so again, I I know that this is the moment for Jimmy Garoppolo. This is his moment, right? Like he's like the 49ers win, he's going to contribute to the wins. It's just if, if a game ends up being closer than it should, you're going to see certain scenarios in this game where in an ideal situation with your defense playing well, and your offense and you got all these weapons, it starts to look a little weird. It starts to look a little weird. Here we go. I got my first guy coming on. I got Keith. Let's go, Keith. Good morning, man. What's up? What's up, brother? How you doing? Oh man, I'm chilling, fam. I'm chilling. I'm 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 blessed. I can't complain. I gotta agree with the things you're saying, man. It's just like that game didn't have to be that close. It's like hold, hold on, real quick, because I want to. As you say that, I want everybody to understand we are not complaining about the win. Or we're not just saying that not you have to blow all. teams out. But we're, what we're talking about is because this 
these games typically are close. So when you have a playoff game where you can't put a team away, you have opportunities to do it. You you have to take advantage of that. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, it's kind of been a trend of, of, of not doing that. Real quick, I see somebody here and he says, question for all these people complaining about Jimmy G, are you upset that the 49ers won? And I would say nobody's upset that the 49ers won. And I don't even think, well, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody. I'm not complaining about Jimmy. I'm just saying what Jimmy is. Does, does that make sense? So go ahead, right. Keith. Nah, he's a roller coaster. And like you said to your point, we know what he is. It's just like the game seems to be going in a comfortable fashion and everything's rolling in. Bam. Oh, man. Now it's a ball game. Like we rolling 23 to 7. Then that pick happens and you're like, and it's not even a good pick. You know what I mean? Like, I guess there's no such thing as like a good pick, but. No, I know what you mean. Like, like that was kind of unforced. You look at the Kawan Williams interception, right? Where he like jumped around the guy, right. undercut him, picked it off. It's like, okay, like, <laughs> damn, that's right. a good play by the DB. But you look at Jimmy and it's just like, man, you just right. threw it five feet over somebody's head. And, and yeah, so I get what you're saying in the sense of the interceptions. Yeah, I mean, to me, picks up. Like, to your point, what you just said, right? K1 earned that pick. He went and got it. Like, bro, you just, Jimmy, you just giving the ball away. Like, make them come get the ball. You know what I mean? But he played a good, solid game for the most part. Uh, I, I've been yeah, talking to my friends that are Cowboys fans, and, and they're saying they didn't play. I was like, I don't think we played well, and we still won that game. It's like, I, I don't think we played as well as we can. I, I want to know what's going to go along with uh, Fred Warner and Bosa this week. I doubt he'll sit next week with the, uh, with the concussion, so I'm pretty sure Bosa's going to be ready to go. But I, I kind of want to know what's up with Fred Warner and your thoughts on that, man. And thanks for having me on, bro. I'm out. All right, good. Appreciate you coming on. And, you know, I want to continue to, like, say – I'm not saying that Jimmy sucks. I'm not saying the 49ers should blow every team out. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is he's a legit starter, and there's situations where, you know, the game gets closer than it has to be. And in the NFL, most games are going to be close. Most games in the NFL are close. Most games. But there's scenarios where they, they aren't close, and you have an opportunity to put your foot on somebody's neck. And I think – Jimmy kind of misses that opportunity and 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 it ends up kind of being like it was. But I'm not complaining about it when I, I appreciate it. I, I, I know what Jimmy is, so it's not, but I'm just kind of explaining kind of what's in my head to, to y'all. And I think for that, you know, we look at games like the Green Bay Packer game uh, in the NFC Championship game where the 49ers ran all over them. People like, oh, well, they didn't have to throw the ball uh, because they ran down their throats. And my response, in like kind of what I'm seeing and what there's a trend of, I think Kyle knows who his quarterback is and what he's capable of doing. So it's like he maybe went a little bit more out of his way to just ensure that we're not going to put the ball in the air and put it in harm's way. All right, here we go. I got my guy Real Niner on. Good morning, bro. How you doing? What's up, big dog? What's up, big dog? Oh, man, feeling good. Fresh off the hop, – hop, hopped out the stadium, walked out, like, you know what I'm saying, with my chest up. Cowboy fans, hella sick. Hella yeah, sick. They were that, sick. Man. Yeah, and they should be. They should be. You know, it's been a long time for them. You know. Yeah, yeah. What What's yeah, your thoughts but, on the game in general? Like, what was it like watching it from home? You know, on, on well, the couch because you know, obviously course, I was at the game in the moment. Of course, you know, uh, it was a nail biter, just like the last one. You know, a lot of emotions. You know, a lot of testosterone flowing through my body. 
I could have definitely ran through the wall uh, at a few uh, moments in the game. But, uh, yeah, man, overall, shout out D'Amico Ryan. Shout out Kyle Shanahan, man. They dialed it up, man. And uh, the kids believe in them out there. Those kids believe in those dudes, man. You know, if if anybody that considers themselves a Niner fan, and uh, I don't really consider myself a fan. I consider myself a Niner. I don't watch the game for entertainment. I watch the game because I'm a competitor. You know what yep. I mean? And I guess that's just a linebacker in me because I played linebacker in high school. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, so, you know, the intensity, man, it's going to be there. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, the kids believe in our coaching staff out there, man. And it shows, man. Look at Ambry Thomas. Look at, you know, look at our rookies. You know, look at the guys that's, that's showing up, next man up type of mentality. That doesn't that doesn't work. If the kids don't believe the the coaches, man, if they don't if they don't believe in the coaches, man, they're not able to be coachable. We don't we don't see what we're seeing on the football field, man. So shout out to those guys, man. Straight up, you know, yep. you know, you you you've been there. You've had conflict with coaches, man. If you don't believe this dude, you ain't playing for that man like that. It don't matter, right? You yep. don't care what they say, man. You know. Uh, and and one uh, thing we've been talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think also his teammates they believe in him as well. And I Absolutely. saw uh, Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman tweet out, like, you know, like, basically, like, you know, res- re- respect this man. I, I see Gabriel say QB is not a leader. I, I think Jimmy is a leader. I think Jimmy that's maybe his best quality. <laughs> you know, like, I think he's Jimmy a is a leader, sure. and I think the guys follow him. He doesn't get rattled. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he doesn't get rattled. He does weird things, I think, just because he just does weird things. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo it's almost like a cornerback where you have to have a short-term memory. I think he has right. that, and he's able to just continue to let it rip. So, uh, you know, just want to kind and of throw some positives. Let's not forget, the man, the man is really still out there playing with the thumb, man. It's not like the thumb yeah. just went away. Everybody in their right. minds, the thumb went away. But those Aaron throws, you could tell that's when the thumb might be affecting him. I, I, uh, I would My, my pushback game. on that, my pushback on that would be, yeah. I don't think the interception that we saw in this game or the ones in – in LA were any different than any other interceptions he's had. I, I agree like, with you. I you know agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. But most of the time when we see Jimmy have a, a some some really bad throws and we question some of those extra errant throws because there's what we know Jimmy's does. And then there's this like, wait a minute, why does it look like that? And next thing you know, oh Jimmy's hurt. Jimmy's hurt. Yeah. And it's it's just, it, I mean of course we get it in the back end, but if you're watching the game and you're paying attention to it, I mean, I guess, you know, it shows, right? But I think the team believes in Jimmy, and I say that to the 49er fans. If you're, if you're a Niner, believe in what we're dialing up for these guys, man. We're going out there, we're putting the best best game on tape, on film, and, and look at where it's gotten us, man, even with the so-called roller coaster ride of a season. You know, yeah, yeah there are some games that we left out there that we should have won, and even just this last game. There were some plays that we left out there that game should have been a lot more dominant, right? Right. Now nah, that's real. That's real. Now nah, I and, and again, I, I I say that like, and I and I'm gonna get you off and get the next caller on real nice. Yeah, I appreciate sure. you coming on, bro. Um, it's I don't even want to call it a roller coaster with Jimmy, and I think that's what it, it is kind of like being on a roller coaster ride, like woohoo, <laughs> going down. But I think it's more so. And I I like to sum it up. Jimmy's Jimmy, right? And you got to take the good with the weird. I don't like to even say bad. You got to take the good with the weird. And there's going to be some weird moments. And you're going to see a lot of moments where it's like, wow, 
Look at that throw. Look at this. And I think that's why there's confusion about him, uh, not just in a sense of the, the fan base, but outside of the fan base. When you talk to other fan bases about Jimmy Garoppolo, their perception of him, they don't they don't know what he is. So they just say he sucks. I'm like, nah, Jimmy don't suck, dude. He doesn't suck. Here we go. I got my guy Kenny coming on. Kenny, good morning, bro. Good morning. Good morning. Well, yeah. Good Does morning. Jimmy Garoppolo suck? No. No, Jimmy DeGroppolo does not suck, but okay. he does have his limitations, you know? Right. And us as 49ers, true 49ers fans, I feel like we should accept Jimmy for Jimmy. Like, we've been around him. It's like a girlfriend that, you know, you know she got her ways, and, you know, some of them good, some of them bad, but, like, you you know it. He's going to throw, he's going to put us in a position, but then, you know, at any point in time, he's going to throw that pick. So, so do you it. watch the, have you heard of the show, The Pivot? So The Pivot, it's, yeah. it's a new YouTube channel, right? With Ryan Clark. Uh, it's like Ryan Clark, at least the episodes I saw. is Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, and um, Fred Taylor. So, you know, Channing Crowder and Fred oh. Taylor, they used to be with I Am Athlete. They switched over to The Pivot, oh, right? Oh, okay, okay, so, okay. And and it's the first episode, really good. And they started talking about like this 80-20 rule, right? Where in a relationship, there's like 80, 20, right? You know, when you're young, when you're like 18, 19, 20, you think that somebody's supposed to be hundred percent of what you want, what you like, but really mm -hmm. it's going to be more 80, 20, you know? So with Jimmy Garoppolo, there's, there's the 80, 20, there's the 80, 20 uh, thing where it might be a little bit more 70, 30, but we'll go with what they say. 80, 20, 80% mm -hmm. of him. You like it. It's like, hell yeah. And there's that 20% where yeah. it's like mm. and you would like to get it to be a little bit closer to 90 10 but right. you know he's he's 80 20 so that's what you mean when you're like you we know we're gonna get the good and some of those things it, the quick exactly. release you know it fish over the middle uh hitting guys in stride and then we mm -hmm. also know like uh that pick is you just threw the it's ball coming. five yards over somebody's head for no reason Bro, no reason but um i did want to touch on uh the game but the uh the rivalry um, like this watching this game, uh, it brought me back to like when I was a kid, like watch this game, like 90, 94, 95 C I'm, I'm 36. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you're, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 90, 94, 90, 94, 95 season when, I mean, like me and my, my oldest friends, uh, like it's two of us. We still, we still chat grief pie and, 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 uh, and face. So it's like back in the day, everybody was like, either you was a cowboy fan or you was a night fan, is and this 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 rivalry was just restored, and we this whole week we like going back and forth, and this whole this the game it was just like, it, like yeah, Jimmy, we had it, but the whole game was like that had that atmosphere of like man, if you it just felt it just brought me back when I was a a kid and what like remember watching yeah. football as a kid like you know like. I hate the I hate the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys, you know. And it was just like I that game was I, I, that game was I like that game. Like regardless of how sloppy yeah. it was, it was like the rivalry is just like man, like I missed that the Cowboys and Niners rivalry. So yeah, nah, yeah, I feel you. And my my big brother, he's a diehard Cowboy fan. He was supposed to go to the game with me. He didn't go to the game with me, but um, mm -hmm. it's it means more to me too, just because of the just the dynamic with me and my brother where we're super, you know, we're ultra competitive. 
and just the long, rich history of these two teams. And then when they play against each other, you know, we we're at war as long as, as well as the team. So uh, mm-hmm. that was a good mm-hmm. one to kind of give me bragging rights for a little while in the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. Come out yeah. at the first playoff matchup in like 25 years. So. Yeah. Like all those other regular season games that they, 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 uh, that remember that game that Romo, uh, we knocked them out of the game and then he came back and let him win that game. That, 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 that drive, uh, I think it was a few years ago. I forgot what year it was, but, and it's like, oh, they, and then last year, you know, they, they beat us when we didn't really have anybody, but like this, this is when it counted. Like, y'all don't play right. next week. We play next week. Yep. So take your ass home. Sorry, I'm gonna take. Go ahead, go home. And now you all you hear is like you don't. The thing, the, my, I'm, I'm gonna say this one last thing, and I'm, I'm gonna get off. But the right. thing, I, I'm, I'm, um, is 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 making me mad. Like all the the narrative is is. Oh, the Cowboys lost this game. Oh, the the debacle at the end of the game. It's like the debacle, bro. They was never. Y'all, it's like y'all didn't have no <laughs> no no fight. Like y'all wasn't watching the game. Like they were getting their ass kicked most of the game. So the fact that yeah, it came like, down to that at the end, like you can't discredit been... how they were getting manhandled throughout three and a half quarters of that game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like manhandled. Like we is like you, the Forty ers went out and were just like, we're gonna impose our will on you, our physicality on you. We are better than you. We're better coached than right. you. So they can talk about the last seconds of where they did their little weird stuff, but. Like, dude, y'all y'all got dominated most of that game. So you can't say, exactly. oh, well, it's the refs or this and that. It's like, no, it's like y'all and your undisciplined ass players tackling your defensive guys, tackling linemen so they can't pull. Like, who, who you can't that? blame that on the refs. <laughs> who does that? Like, not once, right. twice. Right. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to come on and holler at you about the rival when in the game was – on the Green Bay, but uh, respect. Keep doing what you're doing. All right. Appreciate you, big dog. All right. All right. Here we go. Next up, I got my guy Darius coming on. Darius, good morning, bro. Top of the morning, crack. What's happening, man? Uh, Darius, can you hear me? Oh, what's good? Yeah, can you hear me? It's a little delay. Yep, can you hear me? You. Uh, yeah, man. Yes, yep. this is a great day, bro. You know, I, I got a, a group chat too. So, first thing I did when I woke up, took a piss, and uh, had to greet him with a, with a few posts myself. Man, five thirty in the morning is it, it, funk on site with me. Period. Bragging rights yeah. until we see y'all again, and it means something. So yeah, I, I can relate to that. But uh, I want to say, uh, first and foremost, I hope Bosa gets better. Fred Warner. Jordan Willis, um, man, bro, the defense, bro, they, they, like you said, they imposed their will, man. They went out there, body something. I love how uh, Juwan Jennings, Brandon Ayuk, even though he had the hole, man, I like how they was giving it to Parsons, though. They was on him. Like, man, you, you, you still a rookie, man. You a boy out here, man, amongst men. <clears throat> but, uh. You know, I don't want to make this about – this ain't about Jimmy G, y'all. This is about the team, man, the team, because they got his back. You know what I'm saying? The team yeah, they came did. through. You know what I'm saying? They came through a pivotal moment, bro. I'm talking about when they went down, bro, I, I was spooked. 
ain't gonna lie, I was looking like God. Now it's about to be a real game. You know what I'm saying? When Bosa went out, I was like, damn, like, because he was he was putting pressure on Dak. Right. That secondary yeah. though, you know, it's it's no fly zone, bro. CD Lamb, what five targets, one one catch? Like he didn't one exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So I, I salute, I salute him, man. You know. Ambry out there doing this stuff. I mean, I have nothing really, really too much to say other than, okay, you know, Jimmy, but we know what's going on with Jimmy. Like, this, this, this is, he gone, man. We could, we could sit here and nitpick him all day. He could win the Super Bowl. For all I care, he's still gone. Like, I bet he can't do it again. That's the whole well, hype. You know what I'm saying? Can. Like, I, I don't want to say that he can't. Man, do I, like, the he, league would be on top of say, that, bro. Yeah, yeah, but they're already on. They they know what I think. Everybody knows what Jimmy is and what he isn't. <laughs> but even then, he's still hard to beat. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like you know. I don't even look at it like, uh, you know, like again. Let's say the Four Arrows go to the Super Bowl right now. Like they were just in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. So if there was any time to be like, oh yeah, well we're gonna, you know, Jimmy won't be able to get back. It, it would have been that. So I think there is a scenario where Jimmy can win multiple Super Bowls. You know, it, I do. I just believe that. I think everybody can kind of attest to this. The situation definitely has to be a little bit more ideal. Now, luckily for him, the 49ers have an okay. ideal situation. So, you know, but yeah, that's kind of, you know, their thoughts on him a little bit. For sure, for sure. I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, it's just because he, he he's like a like a tightrope walker, like, you know, <laughs> one of them, you want to see him make it, but it's like you expecting the fall. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's yeah. like, damn, man, when's Jimmy going to blow it, man? But then it's like, well, <laughs> now he's scrambling to try to get it back. And it's like, it, it's, it's, it, it'd be funny to me. It's comical, bro. It, it, it'd be heartbreaking when we lose, but it's like you cannot forget who this man is, even with the wins, even with the success, even with the bright smile on the sideline, like all of that. You can't forget that. He will stab your ass in the back, man. <laughs> but um, shout out to Kyle too, though. Kyle, Kyle is coming up with with some schemes, bro. That's out of this world, man. Like I remember everybody was talking about fire this dude. You know what I'm saying? And now look. So I, I wasn't like, one that wanted I, to fire him. <clears throat> like, but I was saying, like, man, does he have too much on his plate? I remember putting out a video that was saying, uh, yeah. The, the the video was uh Kyle Shanahan needs to fire Kyle Shanahan. And what I meant by that was keep him at head coach. I think he's terrific at that part of it, but he definitely needs to, you know, put some more responsibility on other guys so that he could focus on a certain aspect as as opposed to I gotta worry about the roster, I gotta worry about this, I gotta worry about that. Cause it's like at some point it felt like maybe he was managing a little too much, but it seems like he's kind of right. pulled it all together. And see and and and, and to agree with you on that, it's like, like I think that he probably has kind of, you know, took less responsibility because he seems less stressed, but, you know, wins will do that as well. But it's like, like you said, like you, sometimes you, you, you're handling too much on your plate. You know what I'm saying? So before I, before I go, I want to say D'Amico Ryans as well. Like, that's going to be a sad day to see him go, bro, like. If you do get a head coaching job, I hope he. Hit, I hope I hope his agenda with the Niners first is to get a ring first and then go like. But I don't know, you know what I'm saying. But that's that's that's, that's gonna that's gonna hurt, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
that's not gonna feel good to watch him go, man. Like Robert was one thing, but it's like to to, to hit twice two in a row. Is, is he gone now too? Who's like who can we go grab? I don't, I don't know. Next we'll next man up, like. But yeah, you know, Croc, man. Appreciate think, you, bro. Yeah, appreciate you. Right. All right, yeah, uh, like like he was saying, man, um, it is going to suck. Whenever that day is to kind of lose D'Amico Ryans. There are alternative uh, solutions, like Nathan says here. Pay D'Amico. Uh, you can do that where you can pay a guy more to give him some incentive to kind of stick around. Uh, where where are the Josh McDaniels of the world's at, right? The Josh McDaniels who's been with the – he's been with the, uh, the Patriots for an eternity. And obviously he did have a stint as a head coach, and at one point – uh, he took the coach job and then backed out. And I wonder if he's just setting up to be in line for to be the next head coach of the New England Patriots whenever their head coach steps down. But it's like, has Josh has Josh McDaniel's name even come up in a head coaching search right now for these teams? Like, has Josh McDaniel's gotten any interviews? I don't even think he cares to. Where are those guys? I was just like, ah, I'm good being this coordinator. <laughs> Hopefully that's D'Amico. It's not. So, uh, I want to see D'Amico win. Uh, you know, they talked about there only being, at, at the current moment, one black head coach in the NFL right now. And I just think that that's wild uh, with how many black assistant coaches there are, with how many, you know, black coordinators, with how many black players, like, to just be like, well, you guys, there's all these numbers of guys that are capable and willing head coaches that are African-American. And, uh, but like, now nah, there's only one of y'all right now. That's wow. Now, I think most people expect Flores to get a job coming up, but I don't know. It just, it don't, it don't, I don't know. There's something odd about that. And I don't even know why, why that is. Maybe somebody can help me understand. Um, I don't know. But Domingo Ryan's man, terrific head coach. I mean, driven coordinator, potential head coach. And when you listen to Kyle Shanahan talk about him, one of the things that he talked about is like, yeah, like, you know, he's, we, I knew he was going to be a head coach from the moment. And some people, they just got that it factor. And I'm pretty sure D'Amico, while he's not a offensive play, play caller, you know, he's, he's probably setting up to kind of be, I'm pretty sure he wants to model after uh, what the Steelers have gotten with Tomlin with being like just, in the executive. And uh, I can't wait to see it happen. Well, I can't wait because he's he's done a terrific job so far at the 49ers. But, man. Yeah, Anthony Lynn. Uh, Anthony Lynn, you know, I, he actually was on the uh, coaching staff with the New York Jets when I was with the Jets. He was a running back coach. So um, didn't have a whole lot of conversations when I did talk to him a little bit here and there. One time we were sitting at the lunch table together. You know, I asked a few questions about some stuff. But uh, Anthony Lynn, we'll see if he gets another – Crack at it. A guy who, you know, he, he had Phillip Rivers. I believe they – did they have multiple 10-win seasons? Did he have multiple double-digit win seasons, Anthony Lynn? And then the last year he finished strong with the Chargers, uh, with the rookie quarterback, where they won like seven games. And it's like, oh, you're fired for Brandon Staley, who is a one-year defensive coordinator in the NFL. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, it's because uh, it's the end of the season. Crowd, give it a few weeks. More color coaches will get higher, and, and I do believe that. I, I just look at it from the standpoint of there shouldn't just be one 
black head coach at any time. I feel like there should be 10, you know? I feel like there should be eight to 10 at all times. I'm sure there's more than enough qualified guys. Maybe that's me, you know? I don't get it either, Croc. You know, why the fuck Flores get fired? So Flores, the, the, the situation, because I know I saw everybody kind of come out and like, the Flores thing, it sounded to me like he and the GM just weren't on the same page. So it was more like a hardball, bulky, Jet York type thing as opposed to, oh, we're just going to fire him because he's black and he's you know, he has a short leash. I don't think that's the scenario with, uh, with our guy, uh, uh, Flores. I think just not on the same page. All right, y'all. Y'all know what it is. I told y'all it's QB Monday. So when we get back, I'm going to go to a brief break. We got my guy, Greg Pinelli, coming on. I'm excited. <clears throat> y'all should be too. We're going live. All that good stuff. We're talking all things quarterback. I know we've touched on a little bit, but I always love to hear Greg's perspective. And those of you, no, no, you know what? Forget that. I'll introduce him when we get back in just a few minutes. All right, y'all. Welcome back, everybody. Y'all know what it is, man. It's QB Monday with my guy, the Q to be QB guru, the QB extraordinaire. <laughs> yes, Every week, huh? My guy, Greg Pinelli. What's going so, on? Greg, What's going on, guys? You know, I always like to come on and you know, so as you guys know, Greg has done a lot of work with Josh Norman. Uh, you know, Greg's a QB trainer out there in the Central Valley, but travels Josh Allen, Josh Norman, Josh Allen, same thing, right? Did I say Josh Norman? I meant Josh Allen. My bad. But uh I like works to with Josh Allen. Josh Norman. I would. I know you would. That's what I was gonna say. I was sent him straight to Crocky. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but Greg does his thing. So I always like to sometimes ask you, you know, we saw what Josh Allen did against the 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 uh, New England Patriots. And I know he talks to you a lot before games. So did Josh yeah. Norman, I mean Josh, why do I keep calling him Josh Norman? Josh Allen. Gosh, why is Josh Norman even on my mind? Is it because the punt thing? But Josh Allen. No, it might have been. Hold on. I'm trying to fix my phone. Which way? Which way do I know? It's the other way. You had it right. I don't even know. Next year, though, before we even get into it, next year, I promise you, I will have an office. I will have, well, I have my office at the facility, but it will be way better as far as backdrops go. Because we got a high chair, we got a couch. I got some of my merch that I pulled out of my garage last night that I'm getting rid of for all the quarterbacks. I got, I should give something away to somebody on here. Somebody who actually been messing with me the whole year, I should give them a hoodie or something like that. This is all right. So, <laughs> so hold on, we go, we go get into that. Josh Allen, not Josh Norman. Yeah. Josh Allen. He yeah. goes out there, he lights it up. Did he have any conversation with you before the game about how he felt or just in general, kind of what did you see like? Because he just had a stinker like, a couple of weeks ago, like where he threw three picks, no touchdowns. How do you go from that type of performance throwing for like a hundred yards to like all of a sudden I'm the best quarterback ever? I'm like Dan Marino 
and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning all in one. And he completes 21 to 25 passes for over 300 yards and five touchdowns in the cold, like zero degree weather. How the hell did he do that? Yeah. It's football. I mean, so that's just that's just how it goes sometimes. You know, it's <clears throat> unfortunately sometimes we're gonna get some good bounces in our ways, or excuse me, fortunately we're gonna get some good bounces in our ways when you're a quarterback. But then at the same time, you know, interceptions are gonna happen, bad throws are gonna happen, bad reads are gonna happen. Um, but I, you know, I don't think the moment is ever too big. Like some people say. You know, Josh could play this way, this way, this way against certain teams, and then the lights come on, and he turns he turns it up to a next level, right? So that it's never too big for him. I think that um, you know, there's there's situations that happen. A couple tip balls were were the cause of some interceptions, but then you know, there's maybe some couple throws that he probably would have liked back as well, and, and he'd definitely admit that. But um, you know, I think that it's it's weird because <clears throat> there he has a lot of confidence. I'll just say that. Like when we talked during the week, um, I talked to him last night. Uh, he FaceTimed me. He was out with a lineman at one of the restaurants or joints. What I think it's like a golf bar simulator or something like that in Buffalo. And he was out with a lineman, and um, he was confident. And he was he he's uh, he grew up a Niner fan. Um, so he, uh, he had some, some good things to say about the Niners. Um, uh, and he was excited or he was, he was glad that they at least won. Um, so he's still kind of a fan like that, that, like, like, that like, like really, yeah. truly going away. Yeah. Like when I was in, um, when I was in Ann Arbor, uh, this past year with one of my quarterbacks, I FaceTimed. Uh, I was with Harbaugh and I FaceTimed Josh when I was there and immediately he grabbed the phone. It was like, he was almost starstruck talking to coach Harbaugh. Um, and he said, Hey coach, you know, how you doing? Been a lifelong Niner fan and that, you know, progressed into their conversation. So, um, yeah, he, he grew up a Niner fan, but then there was a couple of years ago when we played the chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, and I was like, and you know, I kept trying to get out of him. Like, dude, you got to be going for the Niners State. You got to be going for the Niners State. And like, of course, he was going for the Niners. But at the end of the day, he is. I think that he felt like that year. That was the year that they lost to uh, Houston. The, yeah, the Texans, and we played golf that next week, and we were watching the Chiefs game in a in a like a sports bar after we golfed. Um, and the Chiefs were playing, and, and he had that sour taste in his mouth. So he felt like he should have been – or he could have been playing potentially into yeah. that game, right? And so the it's it's always going to change. Like, yeah, he'll be a fan. He You know, he'll, he'll always tell people and he'll show love. And his parents are definitely um, the same way too, you know. But at the same time, um, it's a business, and there's there's going to be some sour taste in your mouth when you don't make it and somebody else does regardless if it was your team or, or the team that you grew up liking or not so but yeah he was uh he was pumped for the Niners and and um uh you know he was he was having some drinks and having some fun and and uh and had some things to say about Dallas like we all did but uh <laughs> besides that no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding um but no he's he's it's 
I don't know, man. Those the things he's so competitive. I can't like I told you guys before, and I'll say it. He's so competitive. Like when you're on Twitter and you're kicking the ball in Crocs, right? Yeah. That man would be at your house, and he would think he could do the same thing at any given time. Anything that you could do at your house with a damn basketball, with a football, with a ping pong ball, with a pool, uh, pool cue, whatever the hell it may be, kicking balls in Crocs in sport mode or not, it doesn't matter. He thinks he can do it at any given time, and he doesn't care. He'll try and do it. And so, um, and it could be little things. It could be card games. It could be freaking magic tricks. Like, the guy loves little magic tricks. When we were in Tahoe a couple years ago, he's watching this dude do magic tricks. He immediately grabs a deck, and he's so competitive. He's trying to do the same thing. And so, <laughs> like, he did, that's just how he is. He's wired different, but it takes it takes a little bit of a different wiring, to, especially play quarterback in the NFL. Um, and again, he's always been like that since I've known him, you know, he's put out just play after play and people don't Buffalo wasn't really, or still isn't like people take notice of it, but we don't see it a lot, um, on the West coast, just because it's like, if you don't have the package or whatever it may be, a lot of people don't see it until they see fantasy stats or like random replays on ESPN or something like that. But the numbers he's been putting up for the last couple of years has been silly um, to say the least. And I, I think you would probably know because you do the underdog stuff, but, and I haven't had him four years in a row. I haven't had him on my fantasy team. One of my brothers or, or my wife or somebody scoops him up before, but I think he led the league in fantasy for quarterback this year, right? For points. I think he did. Um, but it's, it's fun to watch. Everything he does is fun to watch. He he was dialed in the other night. Um, he has that confidence and I know damn well, he'll be ready to rock and roll this week. And I know he's going to carry that same confidence this week that he did earlier in the season when they played the chiefs. Um, you know, and I know he definitely wants another shot at, at uh, Tennessee. So we'll see what happens. So we're, we're going to move on to the 49ers. And obviously we have Jimmy Garoppolo. And we, we didn't get a chance to talk last week. And, you know, we know the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo. He has that, that thumb injury that mm-hmm. sounds really brutal. But for yeah. whatever reason, he's, he's able to have what I like to say 100% function with it. Like, I believe if, if he didn't have 100% function with it, they wouldn't play him. Like, is there pain? Yes. Like, like is he 100% with his thumb? I do not think so. But – Whatever he's able to do, I think they're able to shoot it, they numb it up, or they take away the pain so he can get through the game, whatever. But I do think he, at the very least, has to have, like, 100% function with it to be able to grip it and rip it the way that right. he has. All right. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, we, we talked about him a little bit on this show early, uh, earlier in this episode. And I've noticed this kind of trend of something with him. And I think this is why so many people are like really confused with what he is, whether it's fans of the 49ers who kind of go at each other's necks, uh, fans of opposing teams who are like, well, we don't want anything to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Then you have me where I'm like, no, he's a good quarterback, but he has weird moments. And one thing that I noticed, and not just last night, but I noticed, I mean, we've seen it rear its ugly head plenty of times. He has a tough time putting teams away. Like, like if, if it's not, if the 49ers aren't putting a team away with the run game and he has to make throws to put a team away. And what I mean by that, like, I mean, you know, you got Brandon Ayuk wide open on the bench route or a uh, blaze right. route 
and, and you just overthrow it and that kind of just lets a team hang around or you're in the Super Bowl, you're up 10 with, you know, a little bit of time left and you, and you know, you can't make that one player that make throw to that one throw to really put your foot on the team's neck. I feel like he kind of struggles with that. If it's not, if the run game, like if it's not, if, if the run game doesn't put the 49ers run game puts teams away more than Jimmy does, but Jimmy plays well enough to always be in games. I can't even think about, I mean, the last time 49ers were really blown out, maybe the Cardinals game, but aside from that, every game with Jimmy Garoppolo is close. And he keeps you in all these games and he makes some throws where you're like, wow, that was big time. The tight window throws and things like that. But, and he's one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the NFL, I believe, when it comes down to the last two minutes. There right. aren't many quarterbacks I would rather have throwing the ball. I mean, I might take three guys over him maybe in the last two minutes of a game because I feel like every time he puts the 49ers in a position to win. Right. But saying all that, I also think he's the reason why some of these games have gotten as close to defense plays lights out. You have a terrific run yep. game. You have all these weapons. You know, we just talked about your boy Josh Allen, who has no run game really, right? Especially in comparison to what the 49ers do and the Absolutely. multiple looks they do off of it to free things up and how the passing game works off of the run game. Like yep. you have all these things at your disposal. And even then, it's it's so tough for Jimmy to put teams away. Why do you think that is? You know, I don't know. That's that's the one question I think that everybody you know, if, if we had the answer to that, it might make more sense to us, but it's, it's almost like he does better when they're behind with two minutes, like you just said, than they are with, you know, four minutes left. Right. Um, because that four minute offense is key. Like you, you not from behind, but to try and get to the two minute warning and milk the other team's timeouts or make them or force them to use their timeouts. Um, and, it's – I wish I had the answer for you on that, honestly, Croc, because I've watched so many games where, you know, like yesterday, as soon as he missed that ball to Ayuk, like my first thought was that shit's going to come back and haunt him. And it shouldn't have, right? Like he makes that play or hits Kittle thereafter, right? Like they make those little – those gimme throws that should have happened. Nobody's – the, the game is, is over, right? Or the the play with Trent Williams, right? The Where Trent wasn't set. If Trent Williams gets his hand down, Jimmy waits a split second longer, the conversation, you know, undisputed would probably be a little bit different this morning. I, I don't even watch undisputed, but I want to watch it. That's what it's called, right? With Chip and – I mean, uh, Skip and um, uh, Shannon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I cannot watch. I'm going to watch that this morning. I, I cannot wait to watch it just because I feel like it's probably going to be the most watched episode of Undisputed ever, probably, because people are just going to be firing <laughs> off on Skip Bayless this morning, especially Shannon. Yeah. And I saw that little crying video yesterday. I don't know if that was from yesterday, if that was from the past, whatever it was. <laughs> but that was comedy watching him sit there with, with tears or, or fake tears or whatever he had going on. But uh, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited to tune in that one. But <clears throat> I don't know, man. As far as Jimmy G goes, like, you look at the game yesterday, okay? First of all, if the offense was cooking or if the offense cooks, and I've seen it happen a few times, and I think everybody else would agree too, like Shanahan's first – 10 to 15 scripted plays, right? And everybody has, just so you know, like for some people that don't know, 
typically coaches, obviously they watch film all week. They have game plans set for certain teams. Um, and they get an idea of how teams might play you, right? They'll have a script of like the first 15 plays. Well, Shanahan has a script of, you know, the first 15 plays, pass plays, run plays, and down from there. The offense was absolutely cranking on all cylinders that first drive, right? And we see that a lot. And then it kind of just like slows and, and kind of flows into the game and, and it goes from there. And and we do see like often, how often you see like the Niners will come out hot and roll down the field. I mean, there was like 12 yards of pop, 10 yards of pop, 15 yards of pop. The run game was killing it. Elijah Mitchell was hitting holes. The O-line is killing it. Jimmy G looks as good as anybody most of the time on the first drive, right? And then it kind of slows down. So I'm not sure if it's some complacency on both or if that, that um, you know, as far as with, with Shanahan and Jimmy after the first drive or they just they, they just come out hard and then they settle from there, I don't know. Uh, I wish the, the momentum would stay the same because we'd beat the brakes off everybody. And the last time that I really saw that, um, as far as, you know, the the drives just continuing, continuing, continuing was the NFC Championship, um, yeah. in my opinion, when we played the Packers. Like, it was just a throttling of the Packers. They could not catch up, right? The offense was cranking. Mostert was cranking. Um, so I'm hoping that they come out and obviously they can establish the run. And when it comes down to third downs, a third down efficiency or comes down late in the game, yes, we got to be able to run the ball. But Jimmy works – a lot of Jimmy's game is based off a of play-action pass, right? Like he's probably one of the best as far as play-action pass. Yesterday there was a few off the play-action that he nailed. Quick throws, like quick hitter, quick slants, where he's even hitting first window slants off of play-action. And I wish I had the clips for you. There was a couple where he's hitting first window slant, uh, first window slants off like a – He'll reverse out, show the ball, and then immediately flip his head around, and the ball's out immediately. And he does a really, really good job at that. Um, and then there's the other throws, like the interception yesterday, where he's rolling out on the run. Like, it was just – there was no – it was just a bad throw. Like, he just threw it, overthrew it. And I think it almost looked so lax. Like, that throw was so lax when he he's rolling out to the right, right? You flip the shoulder – and he's trying to deliver that ball. I think it was like a gimme route to him, and he just was too lax with it, and he sailed it. That's just my opinion on it. It wasn't like he was trying to force a ball in there. The guy was open, right? But he just he just missed it. You think the film um, ha would have anything to do with a throw like that? or It might. Like, honestly, it really might. Um, in fact, I have a kid that I'm training right now uh, who's in college, and he came back for Christmas break. Same exact thing. He's got the UCL deal going on. And um, and I told him, like, dude, stop throwing, stop throwing, stop throwing. Because every time he comes out, he'll try – he's got it all taped up this weird way. Granted, he's not getting the same shots as Jimmy or same, you know, treatment or whatever it may be. Um, but he comes out and he'll throw like three to four spirals, maybe a session. Everything else looks like a duck coming out of his hand. And I'm like, dude, that's impressive that Jimmy G's doing what he's doing, given the fact – because I watch it happen – a couple times a week with his kids like it's gotten to the point where 
even him, we were joking about it. It's like, dude, I haven't, this is the best ball you've thrown all day. And it's just, it wasn't how to be behind somebody, but it was, it was a spiral. So we're just, we're screwing around with it. So he threw a spiral the other day, first time in like an hour and like stopped the, uh, stopped the session. And one of the receivers that was catching for him was like, giving them high fives. Let's go. They're jumping up in the air. Like finally, cause he threw a damn spiral after an hour, but um, yeah, it, I know it probably doesn't feel great. Obviously when you stretch out your hands on the football, you're just stretching that ligament every time you do so. So it probably doesn't feel the best, but I give them props. Um, I give them props for, for coming back and for playing. Um, I know it's probably not, not easy, but at the same time, the guy, he wants to win football games. I think he knows what's on the line. He's playing for his next contract somewhere else. Um, and, and he's trying to uh, to help lead the Niners to a Super Bowl. So I can respect that. Yeah. So, man, just kind of seeing how the game played out, were, were, were you nervous, like, at any point? Did that fandom kick in for you with, like, okay, got a 23 23- to seven lead, and then all of a sudden that lead starts kind of dwindling away. And then you look at down the stretch like, dang, the Cowboys have an opportunity to kind of go out there and win the game. Yeah. When he <clears> – <throat> excuse me. When he missed that throw to Ayuk, that's when it set in. Uh, I, that's, I immediately thought, here we go. There, this is this is like the play that the Cowboys have been waiting for because that was – that could have been the nail in the coffin. Um, and I just had a bad feeling about it. Um so typically, I'm a, I'm a pretty optimistic person. When it comes to football, I get it, and I know how football goes, and I know how, you know, the the tide can change real quick um, in football games. And sure enough, it did, and it shouldn't even have got to that point. And then at the end of the game, it was a freaking roller coaster for the last, you know, three minutes of the game yesterday. It was up and down, up and down, penalties here, penalties there, and lucky penalties here, and then crappy penalties there. So – um, yeah, the fandom, I mean, I'll, I'll always be a fan. Like I'm probably a, if you're not a Niner fan, like I'm a bad person to watch football games with because I just absolutely scream and jump up and down and you know, <laughs> like it's like stupid, clinch the fist and start screaming and cussing and tell the children to cover their ears type of thing. And, uh, my wife, my wife will tell me to calm down here and there, or we just, she'd like ask people to watch the game sometimes i'm like no like don't have them over like they don't want to watch the game let me trust you <laughs> like it's, it's gotten to that point and i saw it with my dad growing up and my dad dude calm down it's not that big of a deal this is back when we we're in middle school and the niners were the freaking black hole of football right like it was terrible to watch every single week um and, and he's always pissed off screaming at the tv screaming at the refs and and literally now you know 15 years later or whatever it may be i'm doing the exact same thing uh screaming and yelling at the tv and at the coaches at the players and, and so yeah that phantom is always going to be there um and it's funny my wife has has become the same way a little bit and we watch the bills game it's the same thing we watch the niners game it's the same thing so um <laughs> yeah i got i got nervous though yesterday like i really did like i just because you're playing on the road in the playoffs, it's the Cowboys matchup. It's like it was set up to to break our hearts at the end of the game, realistically. And and right. and you know as well as I do, <clears throat> the worst part of it, besides realistically losing, 
is knowing, especially from around here, all the Cowboys fans that would be <laughs> in your ear, in your mentions, texting you, all of our friends that we've grown up with that are Cowboys fans, past teammates, like literally to the point yeah. where you want to fight them, right? Like I'm sure Croc has probably about a couple thousand people at this point that want to beat his ass just because he's been talking mess and just being a savage on Twitter or probably <laughs> texting him. There was probably some people at the game yesterday that wanted to kill you while you were walking out because they couldn't oh, yeah. stand you. So <laughs> I know you're embracing <laughs> that right now. So, uh, yeah, that, that gets to be the worst part of it, uh, typically, besides the team actually losing and knowing, okay, well, you get to watch football for another couple of weeks, but your team's not in it. But it's, it's going to be all the people that are on your head. So, um, But I think the matchup this week, I think that – you know, I don't want to cut you off. I don't know if there's any questions. Well, I wanted to tell you. Well, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about that before. Well, I want to ask you about dildos being thrown on the field. But I, I'll talk to you first about the, <laughs> the, pack, the Packers and the 49ers. As it pertains to the quarterback position and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, going out into that type of weather, which I might go to the game. I got to ask my wife because I've been traveling to these damn games and I've been all over. And then I think the weekend after this, I go out to Mobile for the uh, – the historical black college, uh, oh. well, the, the historical black college they have their uh, their combine. So I'll be yeah. there uh, covering that for uh, for the locked on uh, draft show, and then I'll also nice. be covering the uh, the senior bowl. You know what I'm saying? For so I'm yeah. I'm I'm gone. I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see if my wife lets me go to a third 49er game in a row out there in the cold Wisconsin. Maybe if I take her with her, but she doesn't she doesn't like the cold. But um, that type of weather, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, how do you think he holds up in that? I know he was groomed playing in New England, so it's not like he's not used to kind of be, just being in that environment, even if he's not the one right. throwing the passes. But now you have to throw the ball. The ball is going to be hard as a rock. You have this thumb injury. You know, do you wear a glove? How does that kind of prohibit uh, being able yeah. to grip the ball with that injury and all those things? Playing in that weather, what can you expect? I think that it's good, obviously, that he's got another week in therapy and, and another week of, you know, some rehab stuff on his thumb. But, uh, you know, it, it definitely is going to change because, like you said, the ball gets harder. You're going to have to – got to squeeze it a little bit harder um, in order to grip it. But he did. He grew up playing in that weather because he grew up on the East Coast and or in the Midwest, whatever, um, playing – football in Illinois in college. So you're dealing with cold weather frequently. Um, I don't think it's, I'm hoping it's not too big of a deal. Like if it was just a normal, the, like the thumb wasn't an issue, I would say it would, it, you know, it wouldn't be any different than any other game. Um, obviously when you get to a cold game like that and it's going to be a little bit tougher throwing the ball, I don't know if it's going to, I don't know how cold the projections are going to be. It's probably going to be 10 to 15 degrees or lower than that, whatever it may be. Um, so ideally you'd like to control, to control the clock with a run game. Um, and I think that's any game for the Niners realistically. Um, but yeah, it's not fun. I played in college in, in cold weather, um, up in Eastern Washington, you know, even taking snaps, like it gets, if it gets below 15 to 10 degrees, like you got hand warmers, but the hand warmers are, they go out the window. Like they, it, it's not even really that effective anymore. You wear gloves it really doesn't even help. It's just cold at that point, right? And even taking snaps under center like that impact on your hands is like 
damn near it feels like you're breaking your finger every time that ball, especially in the NFL, taking snaps in the NFL and in college where those guys are actually, I mean, it's up there. That ball is getting there quick and it's smacking your hands. Um, it doesn't feel so great. So it'll be interesting to see that uh, over the game as well, whether it's just being cold or maybe it'd just be so damn cold. He won't feel his hand anyways. And it might help him out. I don't even know. Um, but I don't expect him. I don't expect that cold weather to be, too much for him. I don't think the moment's going to be too big for him. Um, and I think that Jimmy's done decent against the Packers. Obviously, we're playing him there. Um, I went back yesterday and I was looking like the NFC Championship game. Uh, like I said earlier, Jimmy, Jimmy in the NFC Championship game, the offense was cooking so much. Jimmy was six for eight for 77 yards in the NFC Championship game. Now, what I thought, and I touched on this a little bit too. Do you do you ever think that you'd see a stat line where Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, uh, Patrick Mahomes, any of them would only attempt eight passes in the game, regardless of a team doing you know well running the ball? No, I, I honestly probably not. Unless and, it's Mac and Jones and it's negative thirty degree weather in Buffalo, right? But and I think most people kind of look at those. So, like the, the reason why I say that is because I too was like, well, everybody's you know getting on Jimmy about throwing eight times and the 49ers kicked their ass, but like they didn't have to. They didn't have to throw the ball. Like that was my thing. No. But then kind of looking back on it and kind of how things have played out, now I start to look at it and like maybe there was something there, right? Like like Mac Jones, right? Mac Jones against the the uh, the Bills in that one freezing game earlier in the yep. year, right? And then in, in their first matchup. <clears throat> and he threw the ball like three times. And I think there are a lot of people like, well, they ran for 200 yards, they don't have to throw the ball. And I'm like, like yeah, but I, I don't think it's not nothing, right? Like, I don't think it's, it's like that it's telling us something, like in the sense of, well, we just don't think that's necessarily a strength of his. Like being able to throw in this weather because there were times where I mean they were only up like maybe three points at you know most of the game and it's third and seven and they're like well we're just gonna run it regardless if we get the first down or not like they had no like just there was no sense of urgency to throw the ball at all or or put the ball in the air and you look at that game against Green Bay and obviously the 49ers ran all over them but when I talk yeah. to some people about that it's like I I don't think it's not nothing that he only threw the ball eight times. Right. No, I get what you're saying. Um, realistically, though, I think if you can control the clock and you can control the game with the ground um, ground attack and you don't have to throw the ball, I think that obviously um, most people would just say, screw it, let's take the win. And then you get the competitive guys that really deep down probably won't say it, but they'd still want to throw the ball more just because. Um, yeah. so you could be on to something there. I don't know as far as that goes, just because most are like two thirty that game and four touchdowns and it was just a beat down and, um, you know, Rogers didn't have a great game. Um, he didn't have a terrible game, but he didn't have a great game. And then there was that one before that they played where Rogers had the hurt ankle and the Niners beat the hell out of him again. Um, and I think, yeah, Jimmy G was, was it 14 to 20? That was in 2019. 14 to 20, 253, two touchdowns. They won 37 to 8. We had 22 rushes for a 112 that game. But the time of possession, 
35 minutes, 16 seconds for Green Bay, and the Niners had it for 20. Well, Green Bay couldn't get a first down. Like, yeah, they couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't get it. They literally couldn't get it. Um, and then that last one, the last game we played them this past year, uh, Jimmy was 25 for 40, 257, two touchdowns, one pick. Green Bay had the ball for 30 minutes, eight seconds, San Francisco, 29 52. So damn near even right there. So he's two and one. But overall. the 49ers want to win the turnover. I mean the time of possession. Right. Want to win it. That's the thing is if you can obviously try and keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers because he does magical stuff. Hence the last game we played, right? Um this earlier this year, where like I just said, 25 for 40. The only difference realistically, besides letting Aaron Rodgers have the ball back, well, well, everybody was making a big deal. It was like 40, what was it, 40 seconds or something like that, whatever it may be. 37 too, seconds. Too much time. 37 seconds. There you go. Uh, and it was too much time for, for them. So otherwise, if it's not Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, maybe that's another win for the Niners. Maybe. But the, the difference in that game was Jimmy started slow. That first quarter, he started slow. The Niners' offense started slow. They didn't come out the gates. Um, and then they had to play catch-up a little bit. And then they still made it a close game. So playing from behind, it, like that's the thing. And it kind of goes back to earlier. It's like you you get up and then put the nail in the coffin, right? How many times do they put the nail in the coffin with just Jimmy? And we don't see it often. They put the nail in the coffin. The other times with the run game, Um in that first time we played him, you know, like I said, he was 14 for 22 touchdowns, um, and they won 37 to eight. So, but Aaron Rodgers was a little bit injured that game, or it was Devonte Adams was a little bit injured that game with ankle, I think it was. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I would like to see them obviously come out, and you're going to have to keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers, especially at home. Like to think that Lambeau Field is going to look like. Um, the Cowboy Stadium did yesterday. Like you're crazy. Every season or every ticket in that place at Lambeau is a season ticket, right? And so most of those people are going to be going to that game. Cowboys fans, I don't know how that was how it's situated there, but there was obviously plenty of red there yesterday as you were there, um, and it was pretty loud for the 49ers when they were on defense. Um, but Lambeau Field, I, I can't anticipate Lambeau is going to be a sea of red on Sunday. So it's going to be a little bit more hostile. Or excuse me, it was it Saturday night? It's going to be a little bit more hostile there. So it'll be interesting to see. Like, I, I'm, I'm very curious, um, you know, Jimmy in that hostile environment in the playoffs because last time we were there, we had home games, right? We were playing in better weather, home games. The last couple of weeks with that thumb injury, he's played in a dome. Right. So he's he's dealt with the, the nice warm weather and he's done enough. But realistically, it's going to take more this week. Um, I, I know that, you know, you're to think that that same Niners rush attack that's going to run for 250 yards will show up on Sunday. It very well could. And I hope it does. Um, but I think, it, it you know. Good and bad, sadly, it might come down to, to see how Jimmy really performs. Um, and if we get the same Jimmy Garoppolo that we got in the first half yesterday, like I think I think we're going to be cranking. Um, but that's that's the one missing point is you never know what Jimmy is going to show up, right? Um, and, and that's what I think us as fans and everybody else is watching – 
is concerned about. And that's always been the concern with Jimmy. It's like what Jimmy is going to show up. Because yesterday in the first half, he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the damn NFL. And then there's some errant throws in the second half, some misses. And it just gives you these weird mixed emotions about it. Yeah. Uh, we have a question here from our guy. And he says, uh, you know, if you haven't already addressed it, Jimmy Garoppolo pre-injury, never used his lower body. Have you noticed a change? So basically, have you noticed a change in the way that he – is throwing because of the thumb. So is he like, okay, I know because of this thumb, I have to step into throws uh, more. I, I can't just snap off those passes. Have you, I mean, I don't even know if you've been looking for it, but have you noticed any kind of difference? No, I, I noticed another quarterback coach put it out there yesterday, like short front step. He's always had that short front step, um, which Jimmy, I think is top three in, as far as, you know, quickness to get the ball out. Um but obviously, like the first thing when we're throwing the football, everything starts with the ground, you know, or from the ground up. Um, so he has that good short front step. Then he'll fire his right hip and then his arm will chase from there. And he does a really good job um, at doing that and getting the ball quickly. I think that the Niners offense in Jimmy's game is a lot of the underneath 10 to 15-yard routes, 5 to 15-yard routes. Um, that don't require a ton of lower body stuff. It's a lot of quicker throws, so the feet might not necessarily be set all the time, which is good and bad. One, it's good because you can get the ball out quickly. Two, like I said, it starts with your feet. If your feet are crap, like you saw that play with Mahomes a couple of weeks ago where his foot uh, swung way open on that little flat route and he missed it way behind the receiver, threw it into the ground, and everybody blew up about it. Um, and sometimes you'll see that with Jimmy where he'll, he won't have his foot necessarily set in the ground or he'll he'll try and use that arm more so than his lower body. And when you're throwing with just the arm, you're going to start to uh, to see a little bit of the accuracy issues come into play. And like I said, good, getting the ball quickly, bad. You're going to deal with some accuracy issues along the way. Um, and his game, his game has never been – the mid to deep level throws. So he doesn't for, he's not forcing himself or like that. The the plays that are called aren't forcing him to have to use his lower body a lot because they're such quick throws that he just gets the ball. Like the lower half is kind of obsolete at that point. Um, but he still does. I, I, you know, there's, there's plenty of throws like those dig routes, the mid-level routes. It's always been that thing since he, since he had the, the knee injury too, um, like where he wouldn't step into throws. And, and I don't know if that's still something in the back of his head or if he got so much in in the, um, so much in that mindset of that front leg causing or like being a, a, almost like a little security issue where he doesn't want to step in the throws because he want, doesn't want the front leg to or, or that leg to take a shot. I don't know. But at the same time, when he does step in the throws, his mechanics are some of the cleanest in the NFL as far as getting the ball yeah. quickly, the lower half firing. Um, he's worked with, uh, I believe he's worked with obviously Tom House, the same as Brady. His mechanics are very similar to Tom Brady's mechanics. Um, and so, you know, overall he's clean mechanically, especially on the quick, quick throws gets the ball out quickly, but on the deeper stuff, he uses his lower half. I just don't like 
you know, comparatively to other guys, he just doesn't have the arm talent. So it's not as sexy, obviously. We've talked about that. But then you watch him on the run yesterday. Like some of the throws he made on the run had some serious pop on the ball yesterday. And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Like, where, where, <laughs> where, why haven't we seen this for the last four years? Like there was some with some serious zip on the ball. It was like more so than him having his feet in the ground and actually just sitting back there and ripping it. So I don't know. And then you watch a guy Maybe like Dak Prescott on the other side. Where, what, what was that movie when we were kids? The the, the kid that broke his arm and then he started throwing a, a, a hundred miles an hour fastballs? <laughs> maybe that's a, yeah. he, he done Rolling tore his thumb up and now he's uh throwing fastballs yeah maybe he got a little extra juice behind it i don't even know but it, it's uh yeah i don't know as far as as far as uh the lower body stuff goes i think if you go back and look you'll see a little bit more but and it just depends it's circumstances right like if there's guys at the feet it's a little bit different right with it, quarterbacks have this when you drop back and you take a snap and it's hard to feel that until you're actually under center and then you're under center in the NFL and it's way different where you got some big ass dudes that could, could land on that front leg. The, the steps become a little bit shorter unless you gain some space in the pocket, take some retreat steps and buy yourself some time. Um, a lot. It's like throwing into a phone or throwing out of a phone booth. Like everything is so congested in there. So the, the steps become a little bit shorter. The arm is going to become a little bit more live. And that motion with the lower half becomes a little bit quicker too. Um, so it's just, I think it's a circumstance or d- different circumstances will, will give you a different lower half sometimes from Jimmy. Um, but yesterday, you know, he was driving the ball on time and I, f- I felt like that he felt like he was on time. And when Jimmy is on time with the throws, as far as, taking that snap to actually the ball out of his hands where the guy's in a certain window, um, he will, he'll do a really good job at stepping into it and, and using the lower half of his body. Nice. All right. So before, before I get you out of here, of course, I have to ask what's up with the dildos out there in Buffalo, man, they're nuts. That's the thing. The bills mafia is absolutely nuts, man. Um, and, and I got some of them that follow me on Twitter or some of the bills pages that follow me on Instagram and, uh, they're nuts, man. Like some of the shirts they make, some of the, and, and I saw it was, I think it was Pat McAfee. He, he called it a bildo <laughs> just because it's <laughs> happened every, <laughs> so he's calling it a bildo. Where do, I mean, where do, do they just let them walk in? Cause you used to have to take all your like, items where, out your Where pockets? are they coming from? Like, I don't even, I, I never mind. I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. One of like them they had they was the from. one that can stick on the wall in the shower. Exactly. Ask how I know that, but you know, <laughs> you know, you're, you're married. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you and the wife two different things. But anyways, so yeah, but yeah, they, Whoa, they, they you know, they got all kinds of dildos. Save that for the late night pod. <laughs> all right, too early. Yeah. But 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 as far as like, I don't. I honestly don't know. Like, if I ask Josh, like, where did that come from? Like, he's He's going to say that's the Bills Mafia. Like, I don't know. They're just – it's a different breed out there. Like, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, like, people people are asking me, like, oh, dude, what happens if the Niners and the Bills make it to the Super Bowl and they play against each other? Who do you go for? And, like, that would be, like, the best slash, like, worst case scenario because – like from a like I I actually thought about it like a couple of years ago like I'd be pretty torn, but I think the faithful would hate hate to to hear me say this, but I think I would have to root for Josh because 
how I don't, I, he's like a little brother to me. So how many times, like if Croc, if your brother was the Cowboys quarterback and they're playing the Niners and the NFC championship game, like deep down, root, you're going to have to root for my brother. Yeah. Right. And, and so I'm going to be at the game with my brother's Jersey on. So exactly. So that's how it would be like, I, you never know if your brother or, or a close, super close friend like that would make it to that game again. Right. So like, I feel like, okay, the Niners will make it to another Super Bowl, regardless if, if they're playing Josh or not, um, I'd have to go for uh, the, the Bills or I'd have to go for Josh um, if they played against each other. But, Ronchi Crocky, look at that. Exactly. <laughs> Croc, Croc's a different breed. But I was thinking yesterday, I was like, could you imagine, and I hope it's not the case, but if the Packers fans and the Bills Mafia went to L.A., like, it would be a culture shock for L.A. for both of those fan bases. It would be a lot of cheese. <laughs> A lot of wings, a lot of brats, a whole lot of beer, tables, a lot of tables. left and right, you know, ketchup and mustard. And, and, and dildos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully the Niners go up to Lambeau and, and, and put it on them. And um, who knows what will happen with the Aaron Rodgers thing. That, it's gonna, that's what's going to get interesting to me. Uh, you know, they've had a great year. Obviously, and it seems like it's like the same story. We we see this every single year with Aaron Rodgers. It's not like this is anything new, right? But I know, realistically speaking, that the Packers fans, because I know some some of my buddies are Packers fans, and I know at the end of the day, like this, the Niners are probably the last freaking team that they wanted to face going to the playoffs, just because of the fact that the Niners have had their numbers. Um, and big, big I think that this so, is a better matchup for the 49ers than the Cowboys. Like on paper, I think the 49ers match up better against Green Bay than they did Dallas. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that if the, the DBs, I think obviously it's like this stop Devontae Adams and, and you might be all right, you know. So, um, hopefully Nick Bosa should be good. I think they said that he was probably going to be good. So, it'll be, it'll be nice to see him back. Um, you know, putting that pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I think if the DBs stay home and do what they got to do, you know, there were some ballsy calls yesterday with D'Amico Ryans. And whether they make those same calls, like one of the, the plays, I think it was the fourth down call where he went zero. Zero right? blitz, he brought somebody, yeah. It's like went straight zero and Dak ends up scrambling, like throws the ball. It was a great throw for what, for the circumstance, right? <laughs> like he pushed vertical and then like the corners flipping around. Um and then the receiver almost makes the catch, but it was like that would have been a, a hell of a play, like a lucky play just because he kind of chucked the ball down the field. But went cover zero, um, which for those who aren't watching, cover zero means there's literally nobody deep. It's man, nobody deep, and you could bring, you know, six, seven guys and pressure. And uh, and they did that yesterday, and I was just like, dude, that was ballsy. But yeah. high risk, high reward. It paid off, and I don't think they were probably expecting the Niners to go zero in that circumstance put the pressure on Dak instead of letting him sit back there um, and, and dial up something. And so if you do that to Rogers though, I don't think, I don't think you can do that to Rogers. That's the thing. Do you really want to put Devontae man to man out there? Rogers is too quick with decision-making that I think to, to really go straight zero with it. And um, you know, you might do some one robber stuff or some different man pressures or whatever it may be, but, I think that you're going to be uh, – if he comes out in zero, he might be playing with fire with Aaron Rodgers. Like, you're just taunting the beast at that point. You know what I'm saying? 
if you go yeah. zero against him. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Obviously, they've, they've played well against him for the most part. But at the end of the day, you can't really expect Aaron Rodgers to come out and shit the bed. Like, it's, it's not going to happen. He's going to come out and he's going to be Aaron Rodgers, and you got to figure out a way to try and keep the ball away from him. And limit Devontae Adams. Limit <laughs> right, Devontae but... Adams, right? Greg, I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm going to get you off of here now and close this thing yep. out, man. Uh, talk to you next Monday. Hopefully, uh, we're talking about some good stuff and, and the 49ers continuing to march so. on in the playoffs, man. I appreciate you coming on, bro. Yep. We'll see you guys. All right, we're going to take a brief break and uh, come right back and finish everything up. Here we go. All right, John, I appreciate everybody that's been in here right now. I talked about the, 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 the listen, <laughs> the the dildo thing, all right? Listen, when you marry, I've been married six years. So, like, you try to, you know, find different things for, you know, your wife. And, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm, I'm not, first of all, you don't go nowhere near me. So, don't get, don't take this the wrong way, all right? Don't take it the wrong way at all. But, you know. You, you know, you, the wife, you know, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to say too much, but y'all got to, you know, have a little fun. Just know it sticks on the wall. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate everybody that's in here right now. Shout out to everybody uh, in the chat. Everybody that watched uh, via Twitter. Uh, you know, there's already been over, you know, I checked. It's like over 1,300 views already. Um, there's a girl. She just commented. Uh, on Twitter, she was like, I was standing right next to you at the game. That's what's up. Shout out to her and everybody that was in this, uh, where I was at. You know what I'm saying? We was uh, high-fiving, all that good stuff. We had a good time, man. Good time. Got a little tight. Got a little nervous. Got a little nervous. You know what I'm saying? But uh, 49ers pulled it off. So shout out to the team. Demico Ryans, uh, Matt, uh, Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G, Debo. Debo's best player on the field. All that good stuff, man. It was awesome. Awesome to see. Awesome to experience. Will I be in Lambeau Field, I don't know. I'm going to try to go. We'll see if the wife will let me go. But uh, if you like this show, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, all that good stuff. Shout out to everybody that uh, saw me at the game, took pictures, and, and told me about how much they, they love the show and everything. I thought that was dope. It's still kind of surreal. Like, it don't feel real, right? Like, that. Like man, people like the podcast. People like the YouTube channel. People like Locked On 49ers, which... Our episode, myself and Brian Peacock, will be out later today. And again, if you like the NFL draft, 49ers don't got to worry about the NFL draft yet. But if you're a guy that likes to draft year-round, locked on NFL draft with myself and Ryan Tracy. But make sure I don't have any uh, last-second super chats. Until next time, y'all. I appreciate y'all, man. Go Niners. I'm out. Peace! Hold the press. Hold the press. 
Uh, shout out to my guy Chris. I just saw him in the, in the chat, and he was like, "Hey, did you mention MLK Day?" I did not mention MLK Day because to me, my days are all kind of spread, spread out. I mean, they're all like weird right now. I was just in, uh, I was in Minnesota for a couple of days doing some stuff, and then I'm in Dallas for a couple of days watching the game, and then I jet home after, and then it's like, okay, now work out. Then I got trained the athletes at at the top of the hour at 11 a.m., uh, and then I have the locked on 49ers show at 12. So my mind's all over the place. MLK, MLK Day, man, um, it's awesome. I should have took the whole day off. <laughs> should have took the whole day off. But um, shout out to MLK. If you haven't, I'm in Atlanta. They have a whole, it's like a whole like memorial type thing. It's like a whole MLK uh, like museum. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's pretty cool to go to. It feels weird. Like you can go to the church that he grew up in, the house. You can, you can go into the house. And I did that out there in Atlanta. And that was awesome. So make sure you guys check that out. Sim okay did all. Let's go, baby. All right, now I'm out. Peace. Intercepted. It is picked up by Aaron Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace.